Hey again, guys. This is Bad Dentist here. Um, three of these in one day. Wow. I guess I have a lot of time right now because I had my ACL and meniscus repaired and surgery last week, and I took a week and a half off. I go back to work pretty soon. And with being inspired to make some of these podcasts, I just figured, hey, I got some time. It's late at night. I'm waiting to take some a leave <laughs> to help my swelling. And why not just make another one in the meantime before I go to bed? The kids are asleep, and yeah, why not? So I wanted to dedicate this podcast episode to how competitive dental school is just from the statistics in my school but also a lot of the other schools I was looking at and it's pretty crazy um, I'm not making this to discourage you from applying I'm not making this to say that you're not good enough I just want to give you guys the cold hard facts on how hard getting into dental school is um, you know, medical school is very difficult to get into. Pharmacy, they're all they're all difficult. You know, they don't they don't let anybody in. They want you to be qualified, but they, I mean, they have criteria they want you to meet and whatnot, and it's hard. I mean, let's be real, it's hard. So, just talking about my interview a little bit. Um, at Western University, and I've looked at a lot of other schools' statistics as well. Um, my school had about 3,000 applicants. Um, every school's somewhere around there, depends on where you look. But let's just let's just say 3,000 applicants per dental school. There are somewhere around 65 dental schools in the country, including Puerto Rico. And if you have 3,000 applicants, okay, think about this for a sec. Every school has somewhere on there. Um, my school, the year I interviewed and applied, had 500 interviews. Okay, now they only do 300, somewhere around 300. So they kind of brought that down to about 10%. Okay, um, when I when I applied, you had about a 12% chance of getting an interview. So 500 out of 3,000 applicants. On top of that, um, every school has different sizes of classes. Obviously, NYU in New York is going to be massive. I think their class size is like 250, which is insane to think about because that's huge. Plus, they have the international students that are going through the international program, which I, I can't remember how many, but it's a lot. There are a ton of students at that school. Um, a lot of schools, especially the newer ones that are more private, they they like to keep the number under 100 or less. Um, Western U had 67 to 70 that they would accept per year. Um, they accepted 60, 69 students into my class out of 3,000 applicants and 500 interviews um, and I was I don't know I'm gonna just gonna knock on wood and um, whatnot 
consider myself lucky because I was one of those 69 out of 3,000 applicants and 500 interviews. When you look at the statistics behind that, it's insane because it's like point, it's like 1.8% chance. So somewhere around 2% chance of getting accepted into dental school. And that's pretty, pretty close at each dental school. Some are a little bit higher, some are a little bit lower, but they're all about the same. It's, it's about a 2% chance of you getting in to dental school, wherever you apply. Um, and if you have 3,000 applicants or somewhere around there per school, I don't know how many of those are applying to multiple schools, which I imagine a lot of them are. So I, I don't know the actual number of the total number of students applying for dental school in the whole country. But you have about a 10, 12% chance of getting an interview and a 2%, 2 chance of getting in. Those aren't very good numbers. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, you know, I, medical school is somewhere around there. Um, pharmacy school, I think, is somewhere around there from what I've seen. And it's crazy. Um, so what? why am I telling you all this? Well, when I got in and decided I want to be a dentist, I, I made sure I, that's what I wanted to do. I, uh, I shadowed a lot. Um, not only at dentist op dental offices, I shadowed at um, oral surgeon office, uh, periodontal office, um, multiple general dentist offices. Um, got a lot of hours. You know what's a good what's a good amount of hours? Um, every school is different, and they keep changing it. I would say somewhere around maybe 50 to at least 100 hours of shadowing. Um, I with my undergrad we had to do some kind of internship so I interned as a dental assistant at one of the offices I shadowed at which pretty much means I was an assistant working for free <laughs> but you know it was fine because it gave me that experience and that background to learn how procedures were done different instruments teeth numbers surfaces of teeth etc and it gave me a good idea of this is what my job could potentially be. And I got to see a lot of cool procedures. I got to see, you know, sinus lifts, wisdom teeth extractions, surgical extractions, um, implant placements, restorations, crowns, fillings, pretty much anything you think of dental. I have seen, um, I've seen it. I saw a, some soft tissue grafts at a periodontal office on patients um, it was really cool and you know when you're in a college town and you have a lot of pre-dental students it's hard to find an office to shadow at because the offices are just inundated with students trying to shadow and so I was lucky to have a really distant relative that lived not too far away from me during school um, and I had some contacts through my wife's family, um, through her grandpa and uncle and, and her friends in California that were dentists as well um, at church and in their neighborhood. So um, I was really lucky. If you don't have that, I would just kind of branch out either where you live or back at your parents' home somewhere. Um, 
away from the college town if, if you're out of state or out of town um, and just do it during breaks um, you know you want to be formal professional um, you have to respect privacy laws of patients and um, just go over what the dentist expects from you which pretty much means don't get in their way you can stand where they want you to stand and if you need to move to be respectful move don't tell them what to do you just follow their direction 100% keep your mouth shut if if you have questions and they're okay with you asking questions you ask them before you start shadowing you say can I ask you questions about materials or the steps they're taking make sure that's okay first don't question them without permission don't say oh you shouldn't do that or you know just use your common sense <laughs> um so that's kind of a background on shadowing okay um community service now i was in boy scouts i'm an eagle scout i've done a lot of community service growing up is that everything no um i did more outside of scouts um for the community i during high school i was in Habitat for Humanity projects, helping build homes for people in need. Um, I served a two-year mission in Italy and had a lot of different community service things we did with the Catholic Church and the community there. Um, going to college, there was a nursing home rehab center that I volunteered at for activity days with the residents there, which they were, you know, people that were... Um, elderly and they didn't have family close by or they were injured and getting rehabilitation some people lived there long term until pretty much hospice almost and um, so I I went in and helped you know play games with them once a week um, some of them wanted to play Wii you know Nintendo Wii like Wii bowling that was their favorite game and man I got schooled in Nintendo Wii Bowling by a bunch of um, elderly people. It was it was pretty legit actually, because they play it like all the time. And as a student, I didn't have I did not have a Wii, and I didn't play video games because I didn't have time. <laughs> so it was just funny seeing a millennial getting schooled in you know Nintendo Wii Bowling by elderly people, which is fine. I mean, it was fun just seeing how much fun they had and. Um, what else did I do? Um, anytime some kind of volunteer community service project came about in the area, I would try and do something like that, you know, blood drives, you name it. Um, just do something. Um, and you want to start early. Like, you want to start, I'd say high school earlier if you can. If you haven't had that, definitely start doing it in college. It doesn't matter if you're like some student government, whatever, or doing community outreach stuff, dental mission trips. Those are always helpful. I just never had money to do dental mission trips because they're expensive. And a lot of times they're out of country. Um, so just do something. That's your extracurriculars, okay? Um, you know, any kind of clubs or anything you're part of in school, um, pre-dental society stuff, just something you want to you want to just show that you're you're busy and willing to do service and 
other things. Um, and I would recommend, I honestly can't even tell you how many hours I had because it's hard to count. Um, but I would recommend, I don't know, 50 hours, maybe hundred might be unrealistic, but I'd recommend a lot. Um, you know, it's hard to find time as a student, but you guys can do it. Um, I still did it as a student, even though I had a ton of hours before being a student. And I'm not saying that to brag or anything, just get your community service and extracurriculars out there. Um, research, I didn't really do a ton of research. I did a lot of research papers, um, like scientific ones, especially in biochem. We had to, oh my gosh, that was one of the hardest classes I ever took. But it was also one of the funniest classes I ever took. It was really weird. Maybe I'm weird. I love biochem. But um, it was like, you, you know, when you guys take it, it's like OCHEM on steroids. And our biochem teacher, for tests, he would have, I think it was like 23 multiple choice questions, which was like half the grade. The other half the grade was some kind of biochemistry or biomedical, whatever, theoretical kind of problems that research was currently trying to solve and you had to um, figure out an essay type answer and he wanted like details. I'm, I'm talking like down to what enzyme and channel and nutrient port and you name it, ATP, blah, blah, blah. He wanted all the nitty gritty in an essay question and you had to do research on your own. He would not tell you the answer. You could go to him and say, this is what I'm thinking. This is what I found. Am I getting somewhere close? And he would kind of nod his head. Yes or no, but he would not ever flat out tell you, yes, that's awesome. Go with that. And so you were kind of forced to work in groups and you had to find like some kind of peers to work with. So I had a group of, I think, three or four guys that we met together every week during these tests. And not only did we study like the biochem multiple choice question stuff, but we would look at research articles and journals and um, biomedical solutions to these problems he had. And we would write up kind of like bullet points on how to solve it and oh my gosh it was hard I think we had six or seven exams with essay questions and you could not bring any kind of notes into the test at all nothing not a note card nothing just your pencil and that's it and so um, I would once we figured out roughly what the solution was with tons of research we would pretty much write a research paper <laughs> on our tests every freaking test that we had and oh my gosh I probably practiced my essay I don't know 10 times or more before the test because it's verbatim like word for word you had to have these nitty-gritty details without notes so you can just imagine, you have to have photographic memory almost to write this crap down. <laughs> and I would write, like, on a test, 
I would spend probably an hour just on this essay or more. And I would fill up, I think he gave us two sheets of paper for this essay. And I would write front and back both pages every time. Smallest print I could. And I don't know how I did it because it was freaking ridiculously hard. And difficult. It was crazy. But, you know, I learned a lot about research doing that. Um, You know, research papers in other classes, scientific classes, where we had to find journals and come up with kind of like a meta-analysis paper of our own. Um, I never did any kind of lab work. Um, But anyways, that's, you know, if you have research, especially lab work or whatever, that's going to be a definite plus for you. Um, What else is on there? You know, any kind of awards you got. Um, Some people go crazy with that. I don't think that really matters as much. But, you know, put any kind of scholarships you've got and and whatnot. I had a couple scholarships in school and my Eagle Scout I put down as an award. Um, That's about it. Some people put a ton down. Um, I don't think they really care too much. And if you don't have any, that's okay. Don't worry about it. Um, service uh, obviously your prerequisite courses a lot of schools want you to have two semesters of bio uh, biology with a lab um, two semesters of general chemistry with a lab two semesters of organic chemistry with a lab a lot of schools are starting to require biochem which I think they should because uh, yeah you do bi- you do biochem at least basic biochem in dental school and you have to know it for boards um not all of them require anatomy and physiology i some schools do a lot of them say highly recommended i would i would just have in your head i need to take anatomy physiology because let me let me just tell you why in dental school every school is different the school i went to it's changed since i graduated um the dental school I went to, we took anatomy physiology with the medical students and the podiatry students in a cadaver lab. We went to the same lectures as them. We had the same exact tests as them. We were graded as like they were. We were put in groups, mixed groups between the three professions um, to dissect cadavers together. Um, and it was hard. It was probably one of the hardest anatomy courses or courses I've taken besides biochem because think about it you took two semesters in undergrad okay your semester is 14 to what 18 weeks okay two semesters of that with physiology in dental school if you're taking it with the med students or even if you're by yourself a lot of times you're taking that course in one semester the same exact course two semesters worth in one semester or less it was actually less for us it was like three quarters a semester it was insanely fast and we got not only tested on like a written test with you know third order questions asking about if you fell with this outstretched arm you can't do this um what you know what kind of nerve and whatnot is affected you would also have cadaver lab questions where I think we had 
I can't remember how many cadavers. It was at least 50. It was somewhere around 70 cadavers in the whole course between the medical students, podiatry, and dental students. And they would take each cadaver and they would twist them and contort them different ways to confuse you in different dissections. And they would pin at weird angles and whatnot for blood vessels and nerves and muscles and glands and organs. You name it, it was tagged. If you thought of any kind of crazy angle they could put the cadaver at, they did it. And it was crazy. It was hard. So you not only had to study your cadaver that you dissect yourself, you had to study somewhere around 50 to 70 cadavers. Okay, so you'd go from each one during, um, you know, after school hours and after lab hours or if you had extra time and you just go to each one and say, hey, uh, did you guys find this nerve, blah, 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 because there's so much variation between bodies, between people. Not everyone is wired the same. Um, blood vessels are different. Sometimes you have accessory vessels and nerves and muscles and bones and, you know, variations. Sometimes you're missing things. So you had to study all these cadavers. And classmates that did not take anatomy physiology before dental school struggled so hard because just imagine you had no background whatsoever. They put two semesters of this class in three quarters of a semester. That's crazy. So it was hard for me, but anatomy is one of my favorite subjects, even though it's freaking hard. And I did fine. It was one, it was one of the best classes I had in dental school because I love it so much. And I had that background to fall back on. I had really good notes from before. I made even better notes during dental school. I, I, I like to draw things. So I have a notebook where I actually drew like different muscles and had all the innervation of blood supply and whatnot for each muscle and bone insertion origin blah 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 um so anatomy physio i went on a really long tangent there anatomy physiology i would highly recommend and or require you to take um don't fool yourself especially head and neck anatomy you have to know that crap and they will test you hardcore in head and neck that's that's the most they would test you on we stopped at the leg so we went to the hip and that was it we didn't do the leg at all um, in dental school in undergrad I did I did the whole body but um, anyways highly recommend that one anatomy physiology um, if you have time I didn't have time but if you have time pharmacology was one of the hardest classes in dental school and I didn't have any background on that so that was kind of a come to Jesus moment for me. <laughs> um, I micro, I would definitely recommend micro. Some schools require it. Some don't, I would recommend it. Um, immunology. If you have time, if you don't, you know, you'll just go through it in dental school, you know, virology, um, pathophys. Those are all recommended, but not required. And if you have time, cool. If not, don't worry about it. You'll, you'll be fine. Um, you just get through it and um so that's kind of prereqs um a lot of, you know two semesters english uh most schools recommend like college algebra at least some are stupid and want like trig and and um what's the other one calculus but a lot of schools don't really require that so i, I wouldn't waste your time if you're not looking at schools that require it 
Um, college algebra is good enough, or you know, pre-calc or something like that. Um, sociology, some schools require it. I took it because it was part of my major, but it's not really re required by a lot of schools. So just kind of look at each school you're looking at um, on their prerequisite list. And you, you, you just want to go through on their website, see if they have like competitive statistics or anything about their class that they admitted or whatnot. Um, and it kind of breaks down by age, gender, uh, ethnicity, um, where they're from, uh, GPA, DAT score, and just dental mission tests. Like I said before in my last episode, I would recommend trying to get a 3.5 somewhere around their GPA which some schools want higher. Some don't really care as much. They'll look at like a 3.0, somewhere around there. Just look at your school's like minimum requirements first, okay? Um, and then the dental mission test or DAT, I would recommend getting somewhere around the 20. If you get higher, you're, you're pretty much set. If you get 18, it's not possible to get into school. I know some classmates that had a 17 overall and they still got in um, to uh, my class, but also other schools. I had some buddies that got a 17. It's a lot harder. Um, you might have to do an extra year with a master's program or something. Um, but like I said before, 17 is the average overall. 18 is somewhere on the... I think 18 or 19, somewhere on the average of getting in to dental school. Um, but I'd recommend somewhere around the 20. It's a hard test. If you have to take it twice, study really good the second time. That's what I did. Um, I think that's pretty much it. I know I gave you a ton of information. Um, wow. Almost a half hour. So, um, yeah. I hope this is helpful. Um, oh, when you're applying, I applied to 12 schools and I did that mainly because of finances. Dental school application is so expensive. It's ridiculous, guys. You want to save up money early. Um, how much money? I'd probably save up three to five grand at least. It's probably closer to four if you can. Um, just applying to dental school to 12 schools, at least when I did, it's probably more now, which I'm sure it is. It was somewhere around twelve, thirteen hundred dollars for 12 schools. Um, I would recommend if I could do it over again, I would recommend applying to 15, somewhere around 15 schools. Um, I would recommend looking all over the country. I focus more on the West Coast kind of area, the Western states. I did apply to um, Creighton and a couple others in the Midwest. But I would look at all over. Um, and what kind of factors would I look at? Um, well, you want to look at, you know, tuition. Because with the tuition crisis going on, dental school is getting so expensive that people are not applying as much anymore because it's ridiculous. Um, it, it's getting insane. Uh, you know, you're going to come out of school from a lot of schools. Not all of them, but a lot of the schools. You're going to come out of school with like 500 plus thousand in debt from interest and loans and tuition and living costs and everything. Um, if you're like a Texas resident 
or an Alabama resident or some of the other southern states, if you're a resident of that state and they have a dental school, you have the best chance of getting into those schools because they want their in-state residents more than anyone else. Um, for instance, in Texas, I can't remember what school. I don't remember if it's Baylor or some other school. But um, I had a buddy that went to... I think it was Baylor. I swear it was Baylor. Anyways, um, he went to dental school for four years. Just think about this for a sec. I, um, I thought he was insane for telling me this, but it's true. I mean, he showed me. Um, he went to dental school for four years in Texas as a resident for $60,000. Okay, that was his tuition. Now, his living costs, I don't I don't know exactly what his living cost was, but he probably graduated with 100-ish thousand in debt, and that was it. And my eyes just like almost came out of my head because I was just so blown away. My jaw fell to the floor. <laughs> um, it's crazy. Um, and if you're an in-state resident, you have like a 90, I think 98% of the class is in-state residents. Um, and unless you're a minority or somebody that's got a stellar application, good luck <laughs> getting into that school. So, or those schools in the South, at least, um, Alabama's pretty cheap, but I would look, if you're not an in-state resident of like Texas or Alabama or some of those other Southern states, I wouldn't apply, but that's just me because your chances of getting in are super low. Um, Howard University and is it, I can't remember if it's Meharry. That's, if you're not a minority, I would not recommend applying there because yes, their minimums are lower, but they are wanting minorities and which is, which is fine. I mean, um, I was kind of confused when I first saw those, but, um, yeah, I unless you're minority, I wouldn't consider those ones because your chances of getting in is a lot lower. Um, and I'm not saying that to be racist. It's just that's the the way they set it up. Um, so what what would I look for in a dental school? Tuition, okay. There are some pretty good programs out there where even if you're an out-of-state resident, like at uh, Las Vegas UNLV. Um, your first year is considered out-of-state tuition, right? But after your first year, you can switch over your residency and be considered an in-state resident for the rest of dental school. So your tuition gets cut in half. And even, even with that, you are paying like half as much as a lot of other dental students in other schools. Even the ones that are like in-state at uh, like UCLA or whatever, you're, you're paying a lot less going to UNLV as an out-of-state resident for your first year and then switching over to in-state. But, <laughs> I mean, every school is different and um, UNLV is pretty competitive to get into as well. So you just got to have, if you want to get into those kind of schools, you got to have a really good application. Um, I'm not saying it's impossible if you don't have a stellar application, but your chances are so much higher. Um, yeah. Uh, private schools, 
you have a better chance of getting in. You will pay more, especially at USC, um, Midwestern University, AT Still. Those are pretty expensive. Um, Roseman University is pretty expensive. Um, they're all good schools, but holy cow, tuition's pretty inflated. Um, so that's kind of just a little bit of uh, information for you pre-dental students. I sorry I blabbed for holy cow over a half hour. So I'll kind of end the episode here, but um, I can talk about some more in another episode. Um, if you guys look me up at bat dentist underscore dental underscore dm or dad sorry bad dentist underscore dad underscore dmd on instagram um you can kind of dm me questions and whatnot and i can um answer those anyways we'll catch you next time thanks for tuning in again and have a great day you guys can do it work hard bye